On a very special edition of Inside Boxing Live, Chris and I have five topics, five questions. We're going to hit them all in 20 to 25 minutes, some lightweight stuff. We got uh, Lomachenko, Jake Paul was in action, Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor. Where is it going to happen? And Connor Ben has one of the most ridiculous excuses you will ever hear. It's another edition of Inside Boxing Live. What is up, everybody? Welcome into a special edition of Inside Boxing Live. Dan Canobio, Chris Algieri, and I say special because we're bringing you a Monday morning episode now from here on out. A little bit different than our usual Thursday longer form ep. Uh, we're going 20 to 25 minutes with five topics and crisp boxing talk, some reactionary stuff. We're going to look ahead to some stuff. I'm excited for this new format on Mondays. A lot of people said we want to get some more uh, opinions from you guys and, and more shows and of course what's better what better day to do it than on monday especially after a full weekend of fights when there's a lot going on chris what is up my friend hey happy to be here and i know you say it's special but this is going to be a recurring thing we are monday morning quarterbacking the weekend so right i love predicting i know you do as well i love a lot of some of your predictions I've been coming true uh, left and right. My same game parlay did not hit. I had Jake Paul by knockout, knocked him down in the eighth. I had Zepeda on the money line. So if you took just that leg of it, uh, you, you won that one. But would you like to predict? And we also like to, to talk about what happened and, and what's next. And Jake Paul was in action this past weekend. I had my eyes glued to the, to the TV. I was captivated by it. I like Jake Paul. Uh, I think it's fun. And it was a very fun fight. It gets unanimous decision win. Uh, knocks down Silva in the eighth and final round. I thought Paul looked good, Chris. I thought he looked very much improved. Uh, jab was consistent through 215 jabs, 140 more uh, than Silva. He landed 42% of his power shots. 30 of his 83 landed uh, punches were body shots. And most importantly, he upped his volume to 42 punches thrown around. It was sitting around 27. So all in all, I thought his gas tank looked good too. I thought Jake Paul looked really good in this fight. But the question I'm going to pose to you, Chris, is who should Jake Paul fight next? How about a boxer? I'd like to see him actually fight someone who has been legitimately fighting in, in a boxing ring for, for more than a few fights. Uh, you know, this was a big step up. Silva has looked good in the past in the boxing ring, especially recently when, you know, when he fought uh, Chavez Jr. and he fought Ortiz. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's, he's still not a boxer. That being said, I still predicted Silva to win. I thought Silva actually fought very well, um, won a lot of those rounds, made it a very close and competitive fight, the knockdown being the exclamation point. But next, I would like to see him fight an actual boxer. I was I was into the whole Fury situation with, with Tommy Fury. I, I wanted that fight to happen. Even the Rockman situation seemed like it was, it was a, a good fight, a good step-up fight with a, with a real boxer. I think he probably could have still beaten Rahman. Um, Fury, maybe not. But now we're seeing a different kind of, of of Jake Paul, like you said. My biggest thing with him was he was just not busy. And now he's starting to be busy. He was busy last night or on Saturday night. So, um, you know, the, there's there's definitely some improvement there. I want to see him fight Tommy Fury. I was excited for that one a while back. They, yeah. The third time's a charm. <laughs> this will be the third time they're trying to get Fury in there. They can eliminate some of the problems by just doing it in the U.K., Having Jake Paul as the international heel, running amok on top of the buses. He's uh doing whatever the heck they do over there in the UK. 
and they make takes this show on the road. He can X out, you know, check off on his list. I fought a boxer, albeit Tommy Fury is probably worse than Anderson Silva, but he is a boxer. You throw in the fact that it's Tyson Fury's younger brother. Uh, you get big John Fury involved in it. There's no problems with him coming over to the U.S. because he's not allowed in the U.S. because he gouged a man's eyeball out. So don't have to worry about that aspect of it, too. So we get big John Fury involved. We get Tyson Fury involved. You get Tommy Fury in the ring with Jake Paul. And you can check off all the boxes there, and I expect that to be a massive uh, spectacle over in the UK. Another name you can throw out there. He was in attendance last night, Chris. Got the biggest pop out of any of the uh, athletes that were there last night. That's Nate Diaz. Um, Nate Diaz is out of his contract with the UFC. He has started his own fight promotion, Be Real. Uh, he has talked about that he wants to get into the boxing <laughs> ring. I could see Nate Diaz being next, but like you just said, that kind of goes back to the whole, uh, he's fighting another MMA guy. Oh, you know, Nate Diaz is also a lot smaller than Jake Paul. Some of his fights are at 155, 160. I know he fought uh, McGregor, I think, as high as 170, maybe. I could be wrong on that, but, you know, this yeah, 170, right, when he beat yeah. uh, McGregor. So if Paul does fight um, Nate Diaz, it would have to be at a, a lower weight than Paul is wants to go down to. But I, I do think Nate Diaz will be on that, on that short list. Uh, I could see Nate, since he has this promotional company now, getting into the ring, getting his feet wet, making a nice little payday better than he does with the UFC. And then we can kind of see what goes on with, with Jake Paul. But I want to see um, Tommy Fury next. I think we're in uh, unison here that it maybe should be Fury if you, if you just look at it, who's out there. Yeah, I agree. I, I like Nate because Nate's Nate and Nate's a, you know, he's a cool guy. He's fun. He's going to make it entertaining. But I, 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 in terms of the fighting and the progression of Jake Paul as a boxer, I, I, that's not the fight I want to see. I want to see him fight an actual, an actual boxer. But what do you? How do you rank Fury? Like, what do you? What do you rank, uh, Tommy Fury? Yes, he is that quote unquote a boxer, but we've seen the guys that he's fought. Very limited. He doesn't ever knock out any any of these fighters either when he when he should. Like, what do you rank Tommy Fury? Honestly, I haven't seen a whole lot of him because, like you said, he hasn't fought really anybody at this point. But it, it, it just matters that he has that Jake Paul has not fought someone who's a boxer yet, and that you know it's a, it's that's a big deal. Um, you know, Silver was the best win of his career by far. And I thought that Silva boxed really well, you know, in the, in the other fights that I've seen. Tommy, not so much, but it's just it's just different when you've been boxing your whole life. And, you know, Tommy has been doing that. And he's got the size. Again, I've said Silva's a much smaller guy than than Jake Paul in terms of where he fought in, in the heyday of his career when he wasn't 47 years old. That's another point. Fury's not 47 years old. 40, you know, he's not, he's not... He's not been around the block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a he's a young man. He's got momentum. Um, so that matters as well. Again, I want to see him fight a boxer. I want to see him someone fight someone his size and someone who is closer to him in age. And Fury checks all those boxes. Yeah, it should be Fury. Um, they have the built-in beef going on like two years now, sell well. Uh Nate Diaz, I think, will do massive numbers too, because the guy's a cult hero. I mean, mm -hmm. he was mobbed last night. They had a beef. Uh, he tried to get into the locker room uh, of Jake Paul uh, afterwards. I think he smacked somebody too. I, th I think uh, he smacked somebody at some point. It wouldn't be a night if 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 uh, Diaz Stockton didn't, didn't show up. <laughs> if, if Stockton didn't show up, then it wouldn't be a night. Is it really a fight night if if Nate Diaz didn't, doesn't slap someone? But yeah, it, it was a spectacle. All in all, fun night. It was very compelling. Um, eight rounds, so we went pretty quick. Uh, shout out to Anderson Silva. Had his his moment in the sun. 
you know, went out, didn't go off in good terms with the UFC. I think lost seven of his last nine fights or something like that. Never got that send off. He's probably the greatest UFC fighter of all time. So to see him on that stage, he was having fun, winning rounds early, pushing a 25-year-old, 26-year-old kid uh, to the brink. So shout out to Anderson Silva. Really fun show. Shout out to Jake Paul. He's getting better. He's showing uh, improvement. And, you know, upping his his busyness, you know, landing that clutch shot, too. You got to give it to the kid, Chris. The kid is clutch. I mean, he knocks out Woodley when the fight sucked, and he drops Anderson Silva in the eighth and final round. You, you, got, you can't knock him. The kid's clutch. Now, he understands, you know, he's a showman. First and foremost, he's a showman before anything else. And he understands the moments he, he, he takes, he tries to take advantage. He does take advantage. I think him and his brother are both good at that. They're really good at taking advantage of, of the opportunities and, and, and the timing in front of them. I'm still not sold on the kid. I don't, I, I the skill set to me is just not, it's just not there. It's getting better. Um, I, you know, I, I always, I always said that he could punch. I said that from day one people, you know, I had good friends who were like, Hey man, what's going to happen when, when he fights Woodley or when he fights this guy, I'm like, Oh, he's not going to knock, he's going to knock them out. They're not, they're not, they're not strikers. And the kid can punch and he's big. Um, so I still give him that, but you know, the skill set's getting better, but I'm, I'm again, I am not sold on Jake Paul yet. He did call out um, Canelo afterwards too. He threw had to throw that in there. Stop. He said Nate Diaz. Yeah, I know, right? He said Nate Diaz. Stop. I want you next, which is fine. And then he goes, and you too, Canelo. I had to throw that in there too to get Canelo talking. So hard stop. That's yeah. that's that's yeah. He's 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 he's. I don't know what he's he's just talking trying to get about, attention. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I understand why he does the stuff he does and call yeah. out Canelo. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go over to the other big fight that was this weekend, too. Vasily Lomachenko picks up a, I would say, somewhat controversial decision over Jermaine Ortiz. Loma back in the ring for the first time in over 320 days, uh, a month or two short of his 35th birthday. Didn't look great, Chris. Started slow. I don't know if that's downloading data or that's just a guy that had not been in the ring for close to a year, 35, fighting on the front lines in the, in the, uh, excuse me, in the, in the Ukraine. Uh, but he got the decision. He started slow, and then he started picking up the pace. He started landing some of those power shots. But by you take a look at the numbers, you know this is a guy who ranks number one in all of boxing in terms of power punch landed, and number two in all in terms of overall landed. And his numbers were way down. He landed thirty percent of his power shots. He landed twenty one percent overall. That's way down. Uh, he usually sits somewhere in the forty eight percentile in uh, power shots. But the question I will pose to you, Chris. Uh, we know this fight's coming up next. So we think so. It's Devin Haney. Can the version of Lomachenko we saw Saturday night beat Devin Haney in 2023? No, but I don't think that the version that we saw on Saturday night is the version that is going to show up on, on fight night with Haney. Here's my take on it. 35. Sure. Year off. Big deal. Uh, incredible, stressful last six, seven months because of what's going on in Ukraine you know, him literally turning down a huge fight against Cambosis in which I would have him as a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the boxing landscape has changed a little bit. Then also he's fighting a kid in Jermaine Ortiz who's huge for 135. The kid is very capable. He's very tough. And I've been in this situation too where you fight these younger guys who are coming up. You're fighting the best version of that fighter that they've ever been. Not to mention Lomachenko is fighting someone that does not stoke his fire. He's not that excited for that kind of fight. It's one of those kind of fights. Well, I'm, I'm going to win this fight. Everybody knows that. No one's really that you know excited about it, other than the fact that I'm returning. They're not excited about the matchup. So there's there's a number of factors that are going to weigh against the performance of Lomachenko that night. So does that guy beat Haney? No. And I've always thought that Haney's st- style, skill set, size would give Lomachenko trouble, even the best version of Lomachenko. But 
I do not think that that guy that we saw on Saturday night is going to be the same guy that fights Devin Haney when that fight happens. And I do believe that fight will happen soon. Well, that's pretty much what Devin Haney said after the fight. They brought him into the ring, which I love that they did that. It's something that the UFC yeah. does, and I wish that happened more often in boxing. So shout out to Top Rank for having Haney there. I was at the weigh-in on Friday, and I was talking to Evan Korn, who was the publicist for, for Top Rank, and he says Haney's on his way here, so he'll be in there. So they got him in the ring together, love that. Uh, get the pictures, the photo ops, the interviews. Haney looked huge. He was wearing a skeleton sweater, white glasses, awesome. But he looked big. Haney looked at uh, Loma looks at him and goes, lightweight, you look like a heavyweight. Uh, but Haney also did say that I know that this is not the version um, tonight that's going to be in the ring with me. That's smart from, from Devin Haney. The kid says all the right things. Loma's going to get better. This is, like we said, first time in, in 300 days. All the reasons that we just listed and, and the fact that it was Jermaine Ortiz, maybe he wasn't as up for this fight as he would be uh, for a fight with Haney. Also, it just that wasn't as sharp. You know, as the rounds went on, he got sharper. And there's no doubt about that. I thought he swept the final three or four rounds uh, to win it. Uh, I don't know what that one judge had there. It would be a week in a fight without a bad scorecard. Frank Lombardi, 117-111. Uh, no, I don't know what fight uh, he was watching. But, you know, Lomachenko is, is Lomachenko. He's a big name in the sport. He's a freaking lightning rod. I put out a tweet, uh, a picture of the two of them, and I said, damn, look at the size difference here. Um Lomachenko's saying it. Yeah, and gonna have a tough night. Right. And Lomachenko's gonna have a tough, a tough uh task on this one. Most of the replies were excuses already. They're already building in excuses. Uh they th you know, people think the only reason that Haney will win is because he's the bigger man. No, I, I just think if Haney is gonna win this fight, it's because he's a better boxer at this point. You know, he's gonna be throwing a jab in in in, in Loma's face as a smaller fighter for, for the majority of, of those rounds. Also, Chris, I got to ask you, who would you favor? Like, who do you think would be the the, the Vegas favorite uh, Lomachenko-Haney? Coming off of this this past Saturday, it's it's very possible that Haney could be a slight favorite going into this fight, which mm -hmm. is has never been the case in any time that this, this was mentioned. Um, but because of all the factors that we mentioned, that's very possible. So, the, you know, there's an, there's an opportunity to make some money either way. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> with, with these guys. So with this matchup. And I think a lot of it, especially the Vegas odds, Vegas is funny, man. Those odds come out. There's insiders who are literally sneaking in camps and watching around the corner and they know what's going on with sparring. And this Does that ever that. happened. They... You've seen that? Yes. Wow. I was always wondering, like, oh obviously we wonder how can Vegas be so good at every sport, but you've seen, wow, that's interesting. You've seen that in sparring. Yeah. That happened. That happened to me with, with uh, Ruslan Provanikov. We, we opened up the line. It was like 15 to one. By the time it closed, it was like four, four to one. Because people were watching me and sparring in Vegas, and I was kicking ass all over town. And that gets out. So you got people who are coming to watch, keeping people who are hearing this, seeing that. Guys who are, you know, sparring partners are speaking. They're, they're getting interviewed as well. So uh, it, it changes as we get closer because camps matter. Wow. That's interesting. I love that. That's a really good uh, point there. But yeah, I was hoping that Haney would be the underdog because then we would make, a, I would make a fortune on that. A lot of people would, but uh, it's interesting to see. Um, maybe recency bias really comes into to play with, with odds. You know, Lomachenko didn't look as good. Uh, should be the favorite. Haney coming off of two destructions of Camposos. Who knows? We'll see what that line opens up once they make it official. I'm sure there are some lines already out there on some of these Fugazi, uh, you know, uh, betting sites. DraftKings doesn't have it. DraftKings, who we work with, doesn't put out odds until the fights are like announced. Uh, so keep an eye on that. But Lomachenko Haney, if that happens next year, it's all signs are looking for uh, that's going to happen to them in the spring. Awesome, cannot wait to see it. I think Lomachenko will, will, will be better, and I think Haney uh, obviously is one of the top fighters 
which leads us into our next topic perfectly here. Um, William Cepeda also fought this weekend. Uh, geez, what a William Cepeda. 1,636 thrown punches, a new lightweight record, a new CompuBox record. Think about the lightweight division and some of the unbelievable talent that has gone through that division. Uh, and William Cepeda now is the guy who was at the top of the list of thrown punches. Uh, he landed close to 400 punches. Uh, 172 body shots. He landed more body shots than Bivol, Lomachenko, Josh Terrell landed total punches in their 12-round fights uh, this year. He's a freaking beast. He took out Jojo Diaz. Um, but the question for you, Chris, after we've seen Loma fight this weekend, we've seen Haney fight two weekends ago, uh, we see now Zepeda. What's your updated lightweight rankings as of now? Okay, so... This is tough because I feel like we're in a, a very transitory state with the lightweight division. We've got a lot of fights happening. Uh, we have the the allure of a lot of these fights happening in the near future. It's listen, I my guy is I tank. I I dude, I think tank is always going to be number one, but I can't go above Haney at this point. Haney off of his two wins being undisputed and the fact that we said what we were saying about him and, and Lomachenko, I got Haney number one. But again, like I said, tank is my tank is my is my guy at lightweight. So I got him at, at number two, but he's right there. I just want to see him be a little more active. Um, number three, what did I say I have? Loma Chanko? Loma, yeah. Loma, obviously, because it's Loma. And then <laughs> I really like – Zepeda blew me away this weekend. I was so impressed. I'm, I've been a big Jojo Diaz fan for a while. I think he is super scrappy. He throws tons of punches. He's a, he's a dog in there. He really he bites down. He did great against Haney. Won multiple rounds, which people have not been able to do in in a while. So that that was very impressive. Even in defeat, I want to see Zapata and Isaac Cruz. I think those guys oh, for me are my are my four and five. I, I think they have styles that will completely meet. They're going to meet right in the center. It is two on rushing trains. They're going to meet in the center, and I think that is going to be very indicative of the future of the lightweight division with those guys. Cause I think they'll probably stay there longer than some of the other guys, you know, the, the, the top three guys I already mentioned, I mean, tank can go anywhere. He can go up, he can go down. Mm -hmm. Haney's not going to be a lightweight for very long. Loma's not going to be in the sport for very long, mm -hmm. but I think guys like Isaac Cruz and the Pater are going to be around for a long time. And they potentially could be the future of the lightweight division. You know, then you've always got the Ryan Garcia, who's super, super talented, has not been busy as of late, has not fought the top competition yet. Um, but I don't know how long he's going to be at 35. He's been fighting at 40 lately. I'm not even sure if he can make 35 again. We've already hear, heard about catch weights for his next fight anyway. Right. So um, it's hard to even put him in those rankings at 35 in terms of what I, how I see it. Mm -hmm. And then there's Shakur. Shakur is that, that dark horse coming from 130. But in my mind, until he fights at 35, I cannot put him in that ranking. I'm, I agree with that. Yeah, I have Ryan Garcia in my top five. Uh, you don't. Going off of what he's done at 135 majority of his fights have mm. been at 135 and also think he's damn, damn good very talented yes. fighter Super talented. Uh, if you can look past all the stuff that comes with ryan garcia when it comes down to it very good fighter uh, i've always said he's probably the most physically gifted yeah. of the whole talk of the whole group he's got speed he's got power he's got legitimate one punch power uh, he's got the size too in terms of his physical gifts i mm -hmm. i i have to have him at the, at the top 
Yeah, I have Haney at the number one because he got all the belts, and it, it's just a, it's a, it, I know it isn't the everything because his resume could be dissected. All these guys' resumes could be dissected. I actually I have Haney number one, but I do think Tank will beat Haney if they ever did fight. Uh, so I I do want to put Tank number one, but I'll just go with Haney because he's got all the belts, and we can use that as a crutch kind of here. Tank two, I got Loma three, Ryan Garcia four, and then um. The fifth is hard because it's between Zepeda, who just fought last night. He's fresh in our memory, and look what he just did, 1,600 punches. Uh, awesome style. Uh, beat a Jojo Diaz, who has been in the ring with some tough top competition. Uh, you could make a case that Zepeda's best win is better than Isaac Cruz's best win. I don't even know what Isaac Cruz's best win. I got to have to go look it up. I know what Isaac Cruz is known for. It's taking Tank uh, Davis into deep waters, but ultimately losing. You know, Tank mm-hmm. had one hand, and... He was able to beat Isaac Cruz down the stretch with one hand. He literally did not throw a power <laughs> shot for the re- final six, seven rounds. So what does that really say about Isaac Cruz? So you can make a case for Cepeda in there, but I, I do agree with your sentiment as those two could be the future of the division. They could be in there for a long time, considering uh, the other top guys are not going to be around uh, for much longer. But damn, did William Cepeda put himself on the map? The only thing that kind of stinks is that there were so many other fights last night. That you know, I had like 16 screens going at, at one time. I had the Al, Algeria. I had the Paul fight on one screen. I had a uh, Loma fight. And I had the World Series on. I had, uh, but I had the, the zone on my computer or my, my phone. And Zapata kind of got lost in the in the shuffle a little bit, but he put on an outstanding performance. Uh, and he's going to have himself in, in, in right in the top of it. And you know what, Ryan Garcia and and Tank, if they don't fight, which we don't think is going to happen. Um, Anyway, <laughs> uh, because we're just pessimists, and that's just the nature of the, th- the business. Is Zapata fights for under a Golden Boy banner? That fight could easily be made. Ryan Garcia versus Zapata would be. Oof, how about that fight? Hey, I, I like that fight a lot, and uh, Zapata showed a lot last. Again, I, I said I'm a big JoJo Diaz fan, and, and and he was in there. Listen, the dude is the amount of punches he threw, and we've seen power. He's got power in both hands. He lets his hands. I love combination puncher, punchers. We 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 lack them lately. We haven't seen them in years. Guys who really let their hands go. Um, you know, and Zapata is that kind of guy, and he's defensively sound enough that he can still let those hands go and still be there. He's got power in both hands. He lets them go. He he believes in his power. A guy like Ryan, who's not the busiest guy in the world. You know, obviously he's got the big vaunted left hook. That style matchup is 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 some clash. Yeah, awesome stuff uh, in the lightweight division. Still intriguing. If they are going to fight, they're not going to fight. We're getting some fights uh, in lightweight. I also fought this weekend. Katie Taylor was in action. Uh, she was a minus six thousand favorite. She won. You know her usual ninety eight to ninety two. You can almost just pencil it in at this point for her. If she's not fighting someone like Amanda Serrano, that's who we all want to see fight. Uh, you were there in attendance. I was there. Everyone. Uh, that was there, walked away saying that was the best at- fight atmosphere I've ever been a part of. Arguably one of the best women's fights ever. Um, every time that these two fight and it's not each other from here on out is almost like a missed opportunity because Katie Taylor is 35 years old. She started late. She had a long career before this amateur <laughs> career or, or, or she's just not really long for the sport after this. I think she's you know, still very good, but maybe on the just beginning of the downfall of her, not downfall, but you know what I mean, like the uh, coming down a little bit off of her peak. Amanda Serrano, too, also up there in age and, and not really a featherweight, you know, so she is fighting back down. I'm not really a lightweight, excuse me. She's fighting back down at, at featherweight. So afterwards, the fight's over, and the most exciting part of the fight was post-fight interview where she talked about, I want to fight at Crokey Park in Ireland. It fits, It's a huge stadium that fits 80,000, and it's also somewhere where she has not been able to fight. Uh, no one's been able to box in Ireland. 
because of what Daniel Kinahan uh, brought with him and the fact that, that the people of Ireland just thought it was too dangerous and it was too volatile because of the whole Kinahan stink around Ireland. That's obviously all washed away. Hearn is talking about bringing that fight over to uh, Ireland. I honestly don't think it's going to happen there. Would I love to see Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, 80,000 at Crokey Park? Obviously, that would be an awesome spectacle. But Serrano's team is not dumb. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, the fight should happen at Madison Square Garden. And people tell me that how can it be in Madison Square Garden? Uh, Serrano's hometown, that's her backyard. Taylor already fought there. She's the champ. Yes, that's where Amanda Serrano lives. But it's not – it was a very neutral crowd. You were there, Chris. It was maybe 60-40 yeah. even for Katie Taylor uh, that night. It's the It makes the most sense revenue-wise. They have to do everything they possibly can for these ladies to get paid over a million dollars, which is a big part of that pr- promotion. You got to put it somewhere where it's going to add up, and Madison Square Garden is that. If it does get 80000 I would be shocked. If it got even if it did fifty to 70000 at that stadium over in Ireland, they have to price the tickets accordingly. Some tickets could be like 10 bucks, like they do with Cowboy Stadium for these big fights. It might not add up to the same gate as it did for Madison Square Garden where you can charge a little bit more. When and where, <laughs> big preamble there, when and where will Katie Taylor versus Amanda Sarabo happen next in your opinion? I agree with you that the Garden is the first choice, especially from guys like us. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm a it's, little it's, bi- we're a little biased here. We're very biased. We're New Yorkers. It is the garden too. Um, but, and I also agree that that is more neutral than you might think on paper because the Irish do travel and they will come over. Um, the, and I think the idea of having the Irish come over and they're going to come over strong and you got the the strong uh, New Yorican, Puerto Rican base there. It just, it makes for an incredible atmosphere, incredible fight night out and people are going to come out. But I have a feeling it's going to happen overseas. I think that that fight is going to happen there because Katie Taylor won the first fight. Katie Taylor did it when she was in Madison Square Garden in the hometown of of Serrano. So uh, if she really wants to push that, and like you said, she is up there in age and she does not have that many fights left. If she really wants to push for that, and and I would imagine that her promoter would as well, and she does deserve she does deserve that. I think there's a good chance it could be there. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm I got my fingers crossed for MSG. Right. It's like, don't overthink this. Like it, it worked. It, it worked very well. I mean, it was exceptionally well. well, better than I ever dreamed it could possibly have gone uh, fight wise, promotion wise, sell out. I mean, a, a huge gate, massive gate huge. there. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen at Crokey Park. I just don't. I think that Katie Taylor will fight. They'll find someone for her to fight, whether I don't think it's going to be like a cyborg who's in attendance last night. Uh they could find someone else, a mandatory, whatever. But I do think they fight the end of 2023 at the Garden. I would love to see it. Katie Taylor deserves a hometown fight more than almost anyone in the sport. She's an icon over in Ireland. The tweet I, that I put out was not meant to disparage that at all, obviously. It's down to where I think the fight should be, where it should land, where it makes the most sense. I, I don't think Serrano's team will want to travel over there. Uh, they might just sit back and wait. Serrano has talked about wanting to fight it more at 126 to get that uh, last title. I think that's out there. Uh, I do think they'll fight again because they'd be, they would be silly not to. The amount of money that they made, they can only generate. They need each other. I mean, they're not going to generate. They should, they should fight two more times. Right? I mean, Taylor's still they're only 35. I mean, I guess she's at the end of it, but she still has maybe four fights left. You know, two of those at least uh, should be uh, Serrano. Do I, I want to see it happen at Crokey Park. It'd be an awesome scene. I just don't think... Um, you know, with politics involved and, and the promoters getting involved, 
that it will happen there. Last one, Chris. Save the best for last. Connor Ben. Uh, geez, where do we even start with this? Um, he has gone from saying I will be vindicated to I was contaminated, and now they're blaming it on eggs. You heard it right, folks. 30 to 40 eggs per week, says Connor Ben. That's why I was uh failed not one drug test, but two drug tests, because that is now the thing. Two drug tests, two separate tests. Uh Eubank Side was not made aware of any of these failed drug tests until that story came out. Uh, Eddie Hearn has not changed his tune completely. You know, a few weeks ago when we did our interview, he was talking about people are going to be eating their words. They're going to have to offer him an apology. Last we heard of Hearn, he goes, I am not comfortable putting Connor Ben on a card outside of the UK because the BBOC has was ready to, to revoke his license. And Ben said, you know what? You can't revoke my license because I don't want to be licensed anymore by you guys. But Hearn is now saying, you know what? I won't put him on an Australia card. I won't put him on a card in the U.S. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't think it's right. That's a huge change of that's a huge change of of tone and and message. Uh, question is: Is anyone buying Connor Ben's excuses? That doesn't seem like it. You know, all of it's all of it's very damning, and just from from the blowback and 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 the Twitter sphere, uh, it doesn't seem like anybody's buying it. You know, the, the egg thing. Fighters eat eggs. It's one of the it's one of the staples of a, a boxer's diet, and uh, you know trying to blame the eggs. Go like you said, changing the story, going from vindication to contamination. Listen, when it, at the end of the day, contamination doesn't matter. You, you you fail the drug test. You're supposed to know everything that goes into your body. Um, you know that that's just something that fighters understand. It, it's tough because sometimes you know it does happen. Contamination is real, and it it, it is it is, has happened in the past. It can be true. Sometimes guys use that as a crutch and even when they are cheating. So uh, we're not going to know exactly if that is the case or which is whichever is the case. But at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're responsible for whatever goes in your body. And if some, for, for whatever reason, what you ate or what you drank, whether it be food, drink or supplement ends up you popping a test, it's still your fault. And there's really nothing else to say. Dude, it's okay. Contamination once trace levels. You know, Canelo, Clembruderol, you actually can't have trace levels. He was pretty much exonerated in the court of actual court, maybe not the court of a public opinion, but two tests twice. Come on, man. He, this guy's grasping for straws. I almost feel like at this point, they're just trying to muddy up the details, muddy up the headlines that are coming out. It's almost like a Trump 101, like just throw so much shit out there that fans are confused because I'm confused. You're confused. And, you know, this is something that we spend all day looking at headlines and going through the boxing news. And, you know, he as of now, one thing we do know, is he's not going to be fighting for a very long time, you know, the, at least not in the UK. Uh, we don't know if he's going to try to get out of his contract with with Matchroom. Uh, Hearn is pretty steadfast. He doesn't want to piss off the BBOC. He doesn't want to uh he's got to get into damage control now because yeah, he doesn't they, want to, he's not trying to go around them yeah right he's got to get into damage control now because he's said a lot of ridiculous things they're digging oh, they're a hole even deeper now with ben saying his quotes are some of the quotes that were coming out from his team or him this over this weekend and were just so bizarre just like why would I, you would i ever be a cheater like that do you why would i ever do something like that do you guys really think this is who i am yeah like right <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's hard to now you're talking about a question of character. It's like, listen, who you are in the public sphere and who you are in real life are, are, are often sometimes very, very polar. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case with him, but, you know, that, that we've seen that time and time again. And, you know, you're you're 
especially as a fighter, you know, who you are on fight night and who you are walking the street are almost two different people. So uh, yeah, trying to, trying to pull up the character and, and trying to use that as, as, as a reason to, to exonerate you is, is doesn't really make any sense. Um, you know, I guess you're trying to pull to the heartstrings of your fans, but that's not really going to work in a, in a court of appeals in, in any way. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, this whole thing, I, I, like you said, damage control from Eddie Hearn probably should have started that sooner. I think he should have understood what, you know, the, how the, 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 the gravity of this. And I, I just think they didn't, none of them understood how big of a deal this was, you know? And I think the people who were in the know when it comes to drugs and science knew this is a really big deal because that drug is yeah. uh, really bad news. And it has been across the board everywhere. That is a, that is a no go at any point at any point. And it is a, it's not an easy thing to find. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a female fertility drug. There's no reason for that to be in food, drink, supplements of any kind. And the fact that it stays in your system for a long time, you definitely shouldn't be in, in, in you know, taken by a boxer. And that's one of the things that I think now we're talking about these, the levels are so low. Well, you got tested at a time months out from when you, you know, from when you could have been taking it. And there is a half-life to a drug and it degrades over time. Mm-hmm. So finding small, le- you know, very low levels months after you've been tested doesn't really make that big difference because well, it's been de- it's been degrading in your system every single day that's that's how that's how these 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 drugs work and how our body clears these things yeah. so even if they're very very low levels when you got tested in say july if you had been taking the test in march that makes sense why they'd be so low that's what Hearn um, said you know Hearn right here the perfect uh reading into it right here the levels that were in his system over that period of testing it's impossible for him to be on a cycle of this stuff because of the closeness of the testing. So I believe it was contamination. Well, closeness in terms of what? Because we're not, he wasn't in the uh, VADA, VADA voluntary anti-doping where you get tested at any time. And even when you are in that, I've been in that for years, you don't get tested that often. So other than, you know, whenever the last fight was, and then the time when he got tested in in, in August, there's there's a lot of months there. So three, four months and that, that stuff can be out of your system. Mm-hmm. So if you get caught at the tail end of, of that window, you're going to have very small trace amounts of that drug in your system. And this is a yes or no, fail or pass That's drug. That's what I mean. If fail it's in your system, right. it's a fail. That's all there is to Twice. it. It's, it's, it's that dangerous of a drug. It's that it's that, it's that that anabolic. Uh, you know, it's, it, this is not a weight loss drug. It's not an upper. It's not something that runs through your system quick. It helps you make weight. This is, this is an anabolic. It's uh, it raises testosterone. It helps you build tissue. It helps you recover. It's a whole different, whole different class. Mm-hmm. Connor Ben on his positive drug test. The whole life I live is completely against that. It's a risky sport. Steroid cheats should be banned for life. Maybe he doesn't ever fight again. I mean, like obviously when we when we first did the show, you were pissed off, rightfully so. Um, you know, it was emotional. Uh, it's been a few weeks now, and as you're seeing this all play out, it must be kind of bizarre for you. And just like, how do you like? How are you dealing with it now? A few weeks since it's all went down. Honestly, I, I don't think about it. it. Doesn't really, you know. It, it's it's in it's in the rear view for me. Um, life goes on. I've moved on, and you know that's kind of how the news cycle works anyway. And I think that's part of part of what the process is all about right now. Um, you know, it, it, it listen. It, it it is what it is. I, I more than anything, you know, I moved on from from my fight with Ben. And again, like you said, it was very emotional when it first came out, but like I moved on very quickly afterwards. So that is what it is. But um. In terms of, you know, moving forward and, and in terms of the sport, man, I was pissed that that Eubank Ben fight didn't happen. I was yeah, excited right? for that fight. I was very excited for that fight. I thought that you know, not only from a historical standpoint in terms of the dads fighting, but also like for for the last quarter of the year, 
you know, that, that was a good fight. That was a big fight for the sport and for it not to happen. And especially the way that it didn't happen, you know, that's a black eye. Yeah. Um, especially we're not getting a lot of big fights for the rest of the year that I yeah. mean, we can't be losing them too, but yeah, obviously Ben is, and I think people have come up. I mean, everyone, he's just getting, you know, raked over the coals by everyone. He's looking like a fool. Uh, who knows? He's not, he's no longer uh, licensed by in, in Britain. Uh, so maybe we don't see him fight again. Uh, it's going to keep playing out. Uh, you know, team Hearn and Matchroom, they're kind of distancing themselves from, from him. Unfortunate all the way around, but fun episode. Uh, I know we had to end on sour note, but fun episode. Uh, we went a little bit longer than it, but that's just going to be when we're, we're talking. This is how it's going to be. So maybe on uh, Monday, we'll try to condense it. Next Monday, we'll try to condense it even more. But good stuff. A lot of topics. We'll be back Thursday uh, with our regular show with Ronnie. Uh, I, I told him he's got to watch Rocky. He has until Thursday to watch it. Um, so he has no excuses. Yankees are done. So he, I hope he's popping it in with his girl. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. So Talk about Rocky. Funny. Rocky. We just going to pop in Rocky. Right. With pop girl. in Rocky with his girl. I don't know, even have, I think Ronnie film. even has DVDs. Like, I don't think Ronnie even knows what a DVD is. He's far too young for that. I think we're of tomorrow. Old, we're old heads. Yeah, I'm going to bring in a VHS of Rocky and, and hand it to him. And he's going to look at it like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Great episode. Uh, our Monday episode is off to a running start. I hope you guys all enjoyed. We're back Thursday with, with our usual going live on the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. We out.